Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. My name's Chet Czar, and uh, it's the first podcast of the new year. Episode 189, I believe. We are talking to Mike Carell. He's checking in with us again, and I uh, thought it'd be a good way to start the new year's checking with Mike. For those of you who are new to the podcast, Mike's the guy that I started the podcast with. Um, I don't know how many years ago, how many years it's been, three years now? I don't even know. Um, but he he had to leave the podcast because he w- was going out on the road to live in an RV. So he's got some crazy stories about driving around in COVID uh, America. So um, if you're listening this listening to this, well, I should say if you're watching this on Patreon, this uh, for the new year, I decided to try to do this as a video podcast, at least for Patreon subscribers. I thought, you know, do something special for the new year. And uh, not that there's much to look at this mess behind me, but um, I don't know. Just thought I'd try and do something special for the first episode and maybe think about doing the podcast in a video format in the future. But I don't know. We, we had so many technical problems with the interview that... Um, I don't know how that's going to go. It's a little bit awkward, too, seeing myself like this, knowing it's being recorded. But anyway, I thought I would give this to you as patrons, and we could test it out, see how it goes. And um, and then I'll also put the podcast up as an uh, audio format. Uh, If you want to join, if you're not joined yet, you can join the Dark Art Society podcast Patreon at patreon.com slash dark art society and you can join for as little as a dollar a month and you get the podcast a day early and you get special features like this video podcast um you get entry into the uh, facebook group the private facebook group where there's a really great community growing i mean it's it's really um made a lot of great friends in there and definitely a feeling of community and support in there it's really great It's, it's a nice little um refuge from all the bullshit and regular social media so um yeah so you can join support the podcast uh let's see what else um i've just been getting i took two weeks off from the podcast as you may know and because i tried to recharge my batteries and a a week of that was just not doing anything because i couldn't because i was so tired and the older i get the harder it is to recover from the stress and extreme work that uh, comes around the holidays for me. Uh, so I didn't get as, then the, then the next week, you know, spent the, had the granddaughters over for new year's Eve and there was a lot going on. So I didn't get as much. I was going to try and catch up on things over the holiday, but I, you know, took some time off. So that was good. I feel like I need another two weeks, but, um, Otherwise, I'm getting back into it, getting, you know, back to work. The book is really close. I should be getting a new update on the dystopia book from the graphic designer. The last one she sent was really, it's looking so good. I'm so excited about it. Uh, It's so close, so close. I can almost taste it. Um, So that's coming down the pike. Um... And that's it, really. I'm just trying to, you know, catch up on things, 
I, I, st- I didn't get last year. I was planning on getting, or I was trying to get the book done and all my commissions done. And I got some of my commissions done and a lot of the book done, but I didn't get everything done. So it's still spilling over into this year. So my focus is still going to continue to be on not taking new commissions in and getting what I have done already done, getting the book done and, uh, and then having kind of like a clear plate to some degree. Uh, so that's pretty much what's going on with me. Let's get to the, uh, the new subscribers. Okay. New subscribers, new Patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash dark art society. Okay. We've got David Reby. Thank you, David. David's a, a dark artist. I've been checking his stuff out on, on Facebook. I really like it. I dig what he's doing. Um, okay. Deleted, deleted. It happens. Uh, Andrew and Deborah. Thank you. I'm glad that you're able to come back on. Um, Jezariah Hopkins. Thank you, Jezariah. Sherry Coburnus. Thank you, Sherry. And uh, that's it. So thank you so much for supporting. You are. Oh, wait a minute. No, we've got Sonia Sirks. Thank you, Sonia. You're the, you're the latest, latest subscriber. Appreciate that. You're making this podcast happen. I wouldn't be able to afford to do it if, if you guys weren't supporting it. So just remember, whenever you listen to it, you are, if you're supporting it. Uh, I mentioned last episode two weeks ago that I've, I'm trying to get the word out because I believe so much in this podcast and I, and I think it's such a great uh, resource for art, artists, especially if you're into, you know, the dark stuff like we are. But really for anybody, I think the artists that I interview on here are so interesting and I think they have interesting things to say that are just kind of of general interest. So I want to get the word out. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to try and maybe get on some podcasts and do some podcast interviews just to promote this this podcast. So if you have any suggestions or ideas for podcasts that uh, might be good for promoting this podcast that I might be able to get on, drop me a line or on Patreon or however on my, my website or that I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. So I'm out there. Um, Chad at chatzar.com. You can hit me up at also. So, okay, that's it. Um, yeah, the interview with Mike was great. It was really nice catching up and uh, the video the video quality got really choppy at certain points and the audio got messed up. There was a lot of glitches. I'm not going to lie. So, um, expect that, but it was really interesting to hear or check back in with Mike and see how he's doing. Um, uh, so yeah, let's get on with it. All right. Thank you for listening and watching. Here it goes. Hello, Mike. Well, hello, Chet. Long time no talk. Yeah. We always say that even this many years later after me not being on the show, even though we just talked. Well, the the audience is not supposed to know that. (laughs) I know. I always blow it, too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... As everyone can see, we're we're trying video out. This might bastard, but you know, it might not. It might be kind of cool. 
You're a little blocky. I think I think that's the first thing you said on the first episode that we recorded of the podcast was you were like, well, we're this, trying this out. It might be a disaster. It might suck. It might be really cool. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty much what you said. It might suck, yes. Um yeah, I'm afraid to go back and listen well, how to this. Many, how many episodes are you? How many episodes are you in now? This will be 189 or 188 really? or, or 190. 181. You know what? You, did you know the last episode I was on was episode 89? So that would mean that literally it's been almost a hundred episodes to the. Episode. I think it's. I think it's one. Um, I think it's 189. Let me let me look here. And we didn't plan this, and that would literally make it a hundred episodes to the episode. That would be pretty cosmic, um, wouldn't it? Okay, hold on. Sorry, we're off to a slow start. This is new. This is a new thing here. Um, uh, okay, let's see here. Last episode was one eighty-eight. Alan Williams, one eighty-eight. You are one eighty-nine. And the last wow. episode I was I was a full time co host was episode eighty nine. Wow. Right? So one hundred one hundred episodes later we check back in. Yeah. It's the new year. <laughs> Although we did check in a couple other times. That's true, but you know, still it's kinda cosmic. Yeah, it ruins the whole synchronicity yeah. thing. So Be like, care- if you, know, you it it. If you can not move around, I think that might help with the uh, the vision because it's like going whoa 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 yeah it's it'll be fun it'll be like <laughs> what my world is like <laughs> yeah the world in your head well they can see my back that my backyard behind me that's true well house. that's the yeah 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 well that's the thing is 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 i'm thinking that we can do this video for patreon people until i figure out um how to do it weekly because I don't want to commit to it weekly for every episode so far because I, I don't know what problems yeah. it's going to um, give me. Baby girl, come here. Baby girl's here. Come on. Or what What? What people might not want to be even on video for whatever reason. I know. That's the other thing is, you know, it was one thing to say, tell people, don't worry, it's not on video. Right. <laughs> You but. just lucked out with me because I'm always stuffing the video camera in my own face. So. Yeah, you don't give a shit. No. So how's it going? How's your 20? 20- and I look the same as I did when I got up this morning. Yeah. That's pretty much what I wear all the time. <laughs> the same clothes. <laughs> that's, that's what my life is like. <laughs> how's 2021 for you? Well, we're four days in, so that's hard to say, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, mean, I can't say anything's bad, ha- bad, terrible has happened. Although the water, except for right now, your audio just cut out. Water in the floor, so there's that. What happened? You you broke up. So then I don't have to share that. Okay, something about water. Did I break up? Water on floors or something? I haven't. Yeah, so that's the only bad thing: water on floors. But that's always a problem with this lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um. You've demystified the RV lifestyle for me. That's for damn sure. <laughs> demystified it. <laughs> well, I've all you know. I've always had the. I think most people do have this idea that you know, go and live life on the road and and is is would be a breeze compared to you know, living in a house. 
would be a piece of cake right. and you'd you know it'd be so much easier and and it's and it's and it's not it's it's no. uh, i'm sure it's you know obviously better in a lot of ways but it's also it's like just as hard work in other ways that you that i would have never expected oh yeah it's challenging for sure there's mm-hmm. no doubt about it but i mean again any lifestyle i suppose is going to have its fair share of challenges so life not, is challenging but they're they're yeah they're just a very different set of challenges right for sure than than you know it would be otherwise but it's definitely not like a 24-hour vacation or like yeah, a right. <laughs> vacation but by, by any stretch of the imagination you know because you got to figure you, you if you have cars you have car problems if you have houses you have house problems well if your house and your car are the same thing then you have house and car problems that's true that's true <laughs> right. i never thought of it like that yeah, so I, I don't know. I just I thought it'd be cool to have you on for the first show of the new year and just check. We haven't checked in with you in what nine months. Yeah, yeah. We and well, and you and I really haven't talked much between here and there. To be fair, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, we've you and I've talked maybe like three times or something. So yeah, because you've you know. been you've been driving all over the place. <laughs> yeah, well, bouncing and that's around. An interesting thing, right? You know, I actually had an experience when we got. So we left here, you know, you heard from me just after we left here, last on the episode. So the last episode I was on, we had gotten up to where I wasn't disclosing at the time, but it was northeastern Washington. And oh, I was that's up, right. up at my uh, parents' cabin up there, yeah. Right. And so we had left from here. So it's interesting. So a year later, we're back here now. And one of the first things that happened when we got here is we drove into Temecula and we went into uh, to the, the Walmart there. And I was talking with the checkout lady, who I remembered from being here before, because I kind of I like to bond with my checkout people, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, and I, I'm I'm chatting with her, and the lady in line behind me is obviously listening to the conversation, and I'm talking about how you know we live full time RV and how we've been coast. Oh, no, you're totally. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. You got to stop. You got to stop. You got to stop. You're that whole, you're frozen. Your voice was. And now you're frozen. So, <laughs> there you go. We already have problems. Yeah, I know. For one split second. I wonder if it was well, just. It's going to be hard to tell the story. Yeah, I know. I know. I wonder if it was audio only, if it would be, um, if it, we wouldn't have this problem. Well, you can always try it. But it's just recording audio. It shouldn't, I mean, it's like, the, we always do video anyway. Mm. I know. I don't know. Well, I mean, since we're just testing things out. Uh, now it's just Chet Zar show. Oh no! It's the Chet Zar show. <laughs> My worst nightmare. Chet Zar being recorded. <laughs> now you can watch Chet talk. <laughs> no, no. And talk and talk. <laughs> and then you just get my little emoji up there. Energy creation. <laughs> am I am I breaking up now, or can you hear me? No, unfortunately. Try now. Now come back to the video. What's the no? Unfortunately, Could well, you hear because me? Was I breaking up. Yeah, your your audio is great. It sounds it sounded great. I want this video to work. That's why, unfortunately. Okay, you look well, good now. You know. Okay, tell your story. Let's try you know, and let's just you know, try and do. You it. know what happens when you try to fight the tide. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, tell the story. Let's see if we can get through it. Well, I don't know where I was at. Where was I at when you, I? You, you, you. Okay, you left 
you were at the place you're at now how long ago? And then you moved to a secure location, which turned out to be your parents' cabin, right? Indeed. And then you came back. Yes. How much? And then we came back, and I'll and I'll, I'm going to talk about the time in between. But the first, the story was the first time, the first thing that I experience I had with anybody when I got back to California was in the Walmart line, and I was hanging out and talking with Eva, who's my my checker, and I was telling her, and she remembered me too, and so we were talking about, oh yeah, I've been coast to coast twice during this pandemic. The woman behind me in line is listening, not saying anything. And then as I finish paying and I go to leave, the woman behind me in line, she yells at me. She's like, and spreading COVID all over the country. Oh, (laughs) my God. It's the first thing that happened to me in California. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, wow, okay. So there's some opinions, obviously. Wow. wow. Well, you you, you were totally, you know... Mr. Careful with mask wearing well, and, and all that stuff. And and that's the irony, right? The irony of it is, is is quarantine on wheels because it's like when your house is on wheels, you don't ever have to use anybody else's bathroom. It's not like when right. I go to a gas station, I got to use some bath. I don't use it. I don't even go inside because my refrigerator is in my car. So yeah, it's I'm not, driving it's... across the country and I want to drink a coffee. I don't go in and buy one and deal with anybody. I go right. to my refrigerator. Right. So house. you're probably out. You're you're more quarantined than than any than her. I'm sure. Exactly, and that's the iron the irony of it. You know what I mean? What is that you know. People are like, oh, but you've been all over the place. And it's like, yeah, but we've only been in small groups with small settings, pods of people, right, Mm. And that are all also engaging in best practices. And when we're out in the world, we're not in the world. We're actually in our house, which happens to be on wheels. So my bathroom's here, my shower's here, my refrigerator, my stove, everything (laughs) that I need right here in my house. Yeah, just because you're driving around doesn't mean you're spreading COVID around. It's really stupid. Yeah, but it was just funny, you know, that yeah. that was like, the, you know, the, the, the bystander's uh, perspective on, on this whole entire event. Like, oh, okay, well, ahead. you know, ignorant, but that's all right. Yeah. And I didn't say anything at all. I, you know, obviously I just left the grocery store. I don't have anything to prove to this rando who's yeah, <laughs> in line right. with me, right? But it was just interesting <laughs> that, you know, that was that was the first kind of human interaction that I had. <laughs> Welcome to California. Upon returning to California, well, Southern California. Anyway. Well, your first reaction was the nice checker lady. So it was yeah, your second. Eva. No, she, and she's great. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yay, Eva. <laughs> so, so what was, I mean, what was, what was that like being in an RV during, during the, the outbreak, you know, the beginnings of the pandemic and the, the, you know, some of the craziest points of the pandemic. It's been a, a very bizarre journey, to say the least. You know, when when we left here, we you know, and I may have mentioned this on the last episode I was on, but I don't remember. But either way, when we left here, it was a day after 24-hour lockdown had happened in L.A. And I knew that because you had told me. You were like, they're going to go on 24-hour lockdown in the next day. And we literally left within that period that they went and as we were pulling in, now I remember going to LA to work on the documentary, you know, for a four year period, like 16 times. So I'm very familiar with those freeways and those yep. interchanges and traffic and all that. Dude, it was crazy. We're like driving into the Mecca and it's just empty I freeway it, everywhere. And we're it driving was crazy. along like, it was so Mad Maxian, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like just a trip to and, and all the parking lots and everything. Yeah, <laughs> just empty. And it was a trip to also to go through each state because each state's dealing with it differently, right? 
And so they all have, you know, they're different billboards and they say different things. The different reader boards over the freeway say different things. You know, the Pandora commercials say different things, you know. <laughs> and so it's, it's interesting. And then to have pushed on. So we stayed at my parents' cabin for a little over two months. And, and I, again, I don't remember on the last episode if I mentioned the, the five weeks without running water and that whole entire experience. Yeah, and you were going there. down and going down to the lake and getting buckets of water. That was yeah. crazy. Busting holes in the ice through the lake to haul 36 gallons of water a day and boiling it on a stovetop and doing laundry <laughs> in a bathtub, like, you know, squeezing it out and then hanging it by a wood-burning stove. And, right. Yeah, very, like, little house on the I saw that on your, I saw that on your, that whole process on your Patreon. You did like a whole yeah. video of that, I think, where you were like showing how you walked. It was a long walk too. It wasn't like <laughs> right outside of the house. It's like a long ass walk. You get all these heavy ass water jugs you're carrying. It's like, oh, I would have died after an hour of that, man. It would have been hard. so sore. Well, and it was funny too because I came from here where I was doing a lot of labor so i was really in, in in pretty good physical condition but i even got hurt doing that like i pulled a really bad muscle in my back uh, i believe uh, it man i don't know it was towards the end i think it was week left and i was i, I was hurting pretty bad it's funny because you know you don't take into account the elements and then there's ice and then there's snow and you know so you're thinking about your footing and then you're trying to haul this water and then you're lifted in weird positions yeah, yeah it was a, it was quite the experience you know and and at that point we were like you know we were we were both kind of catastrophizing a bit a little fatalistic i think and we were both like we're gonna have to live here forever we're gonna be we're gonna be oh, right. rabbits in the basement for for me <laughs> you know we're gonna have to learn the wild crap so we were both like there and doing that and and feeling like maybe you know and and also feeling like sad like oh man we just barely started this full-time rv thing we've only done it for a year like i don't feel like i've <laughs> gotten the experience out of it you know right so there's like a little bit of mourning i think going on there yeah and then we were then then eventually we decided well let's move on and let's go to a farm because at a farm there's food right and that was our big worry was like how are we gonna get food you know if we can't make money and live way out in the middle of nowhere how are we gonna you know feed ourselves if things continue to be really bad so well let's go we we the that's the year before, so why don't we head back to North Carolina? So what then that required driving six hundred miles all wait, wait. across the entire continent of the United States. You you broke up there. How long? How long did how long is the drive was the drive? Twenty six hundred miles. Wow. Okay. How long yeah. did it take you to do yeah. that drive? And so northeastern Washington all the way to central central north carolina okay so you know it's literally i mean yeah okay not literally from coast to coast not yeah i know how you hate it when i use the word literal wrong, but, you know from washington's <laughs> i hate when anybody uses it wrong coast <laughs> to to north carolina which is an atlantic coastal state but not literally on the shores of, of the shores of the atlantic but yeah 2600 miles right Mostly on I ninety, so all up through the top, so through Montana, through Wyoming, North Dakota, Illinois, you know, all the way down into West Virginia, eventually down into uh, Indiana and and North Carolina. But each state was a very different thing. So, like when we went to pull into Montana, this was one of the weirdest situations. So Montana had was was a very locked down state. I don't know if you remember, or if it, you know, it mattered yeah, to you at the time. But remember. Montana was very locked down, right? Mm-hmm. And as we pulled into Montana, we knew we were 11 hours before they were going to open up. So they were on still on full quarantine, but we had a window of opportunity to make this drive. So we took it. 
so we're pulling up to Montana thinking, what are we going to drive into here? Like, you know, they're on lockdown, actually. As we pull up to the freeway, you know, we're on the freeway to the border, you know, between Idaho and Montana, there's these huge reader boards and it's like mandatory 14 day quarantine, all visitors check in at your local municipality. And I was, you know, we were lucky, I think, that they had already taken all of the the police effort away from the border, right? Because it was like 11 hours. So mm-hmm. they're like, well, we're opening up. So they, they, you know, demobilized, but they still had the reader boards. So as we pull into Montana, almost every off ramp is closed, like straight up. Like, oh my God, like that's have, scary. Like, blockaded. <laughs> like, you can't get off the freeway. That's scary. And we're like, yeah, we're like, you know, you got to get gas. Like, you know, gotta, <laughs> it, it was, it was a trip. It was like, dude. And there was no one on the freeway. Now, if you've driven through Montana, you know, wide open spaces, big sky country, right? There's like not a lot of people on the freeway anyway, but still there's commerce on the freeway. Right. Dude, I-90, literally, we would go for four or five hours without seeing a single other vehicle. Not one. Wow. And off-ramps were closed. So you're like, whoa. We, we pulled off one that was like a real small little township, right? And as we get off to the off-ramp, because I had to potty the dogs, we get down to the off-ramp, and there's even, like, paper signs posted on sticks that are, like, check in with your local municipality if you were from out of state. Wow. It was it was wild, right? Like, and I didn't, you know, you don't know what to expect until you head out into it and you start seeing it. And you're right. like, dude, this is, like, a changed world. Well, know? not only that, I it mean, was, how could you even, you could, I mean, you could never have predicted this when you when you decided to, to do this change of lifestyle. I mean, no one predicted this, but you especially, it's like you had this huge change in your life. Compl- I mean, night and day living in an RV. And then yeah. the pandemic hits. It's like, uh, that's, that's your, you know, you, your world turns around and flips into this complete new reality. And then that reality flips again with the pandemic, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, but what I found was is that this lifestyle assimilates better into that model. You know oh, what I sure. mean? I actually felt when all that happened, I kind of felt like, like we're prepared in a oh, way I, that a yeah. lot of people. Are. Oh no, I felt you like I, I felt like you were kind of like ahead of the curve in a way. You know, unintentionally maybe, but it was like, yeah, yeah. you know, because no one was able to make any money. You know, with the. With, you know, no, everything was disrupted. It's like you were sort of, you know, ready for the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and everything's when you live a real minimalistic lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. your needs are so much less, right? You yeah. know, and even if you have more wants, a lot of your wants can't be met by the space you have. So even if you're like, well, I really would like to have a new skillet. Well, you can't, there's no room for a new skillet. Right. <laughs> you want it, but you ain't going to get one. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it, it prepares you, I think, in ways, but also just in, in the feeling of being transient, right, or nomadic, where it's like if something's not good in one place, to be able to just take your whole house and your family and just go to a different place. Right. I mean, what, what freedom, you know, in a, in again, in a very changing, fast-changing world. The other thing that was interesting, though, amidst all of this traveling, was to see what Joy and I refer to as the Great Migration. Because, dude, there are more people, once, once lockdown was over, there were more people moving on the roads than I've ever seen in the whole year before of travel. I mean, really, like more RVs, more fifth wheels, more bumper pulls, oh, more really? trucks, more U-Haul trucks, cars packed full of people and belongings. And Weird. It's like this – yeah, it's a crazy – Where migration. are they going? <laughs> people going – well, it's – I 
I imagine it's people from cities going to country, people oh, from right. country going to cities, children moving back in with family members because they don't know what they're going to do. You right. know, um, families planning up and, and tightening up wow. in order to be close and provide for one another. You know, there's these people losing jobs. So, well, if you lost your job, you got to go somewhere else where you can get a right. job. That's <laughs> true. Know? Yeah, yeah. And so, and, and also, and we haven't kind of gotten chronologically to when, when this happened, but after we went to this farm, Joy and I ended up in Tennessee at an RV park and Joy worked the front desk at this RV park. And so she literally got to see the quantity of people that were moving. And seriously, that RV park for the whole time we were there sold out every night, all wow. the time, monthlies, weeklies, nightlies, every single one. Joy said she would turn away, turn away like 40 to 50 people a day. They'd call and she'd be like, wow. I'm sorry, there's nowhere That's to go. Crazy. And she said the people she was talking to were all first timers. They were like, well, we just sold our house. We just bought an RV. We don't know what we're going to do. Um, you know, we lost our house because of this. We, we just moved. She should have, she should have got their, their, she should have got their contact info. You guys could have started a little network of people helping each other out. New, new, yeah, new right. RV people, you know? It was a trip, though, man, to see just the influx of, of people that were not sure what to do and, and or, or even people calling and saying, I'm buying an RV tomorrow and I've, you know, I'm getting I'm, I'm going to get evicted. I'm living in my car, you know. Wow. So it was it, it was fascinating to actually have kind of an up close front seat for this great migration that's going on, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and, and obviously a lot of wealth moving around as well. You know, you and I talked a little bit before we got on about, you know, the kind of the, the redistribution of wealth. And you can really see that too. Cause like, for instance, the, the RV park we were at just outside of where Saturn cars manufacturers are, uh, is the, the number one place for Saturn and another big one too. I can't think of the other car, but two main car manufacturers and their, their business is booming. You know, and wow. so the, all, half the monthlies that are living at the RV park, they're not even from that state. They're just down there to work because wow. it's a factory wow. and they have, yeah. there's, there's work there, you know. So Crazy. really it was it was fascinating. And then each state you go through as you're traveling, you know, the accents change, the food changes, the geography changes. But with with the pandemic world, the reaction to that changes. You'd go into some states, not a single sign, not a single person wearing a mask, not a single person even concerned whatsoever about it. Wow, really? And then you'd go into isn't other that, states. Isn't that mostly like isn't that mostly small towns though? No, no, uh, dude, Wyoming or not Wyoming, Wisconsin. Like when we went through Wisconsin, the whole state, every place that we went through, everybody was just like real laissez faire at the time. Wow. Like, there were no signs there. You know, there was no, no communication about this thing that was going on, you know, and, and we had to we had to get an oil change actually in Wisco. And and again, we we pulled up and all the people that were working, no masks, I wore mine. I went in, you know, I went in to go and get in. Are people looking at you weird? Well, I don't know if they were looking at me weird, Mm. but they were definitely looking at me. You could feel the feels of like, not in a bad way, like they were criticizing you, but more just kind of like, whoa, isn't that interesting? (laughs) Look at this tourist, you know, who's wearing them. He must be from somewhere dangerous. You know what I mean? It was kind of that vibe. You know, know, they didn't care. They weren't worried. You know what's what uh, just occurred to me is, you know, you're probably one of such a tiny minority of people that has experienced this pandemic in this way. Right. You know, traveling all over these states, you're probably one of the few people that has seen it in a bunch of different states in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, and it's weird to be that because I, I recognize that. You should write about of, it, man. Well, and obviously, I mean, my travel logs with the Patreon and all the work I'm doing for that, that's right. me documenting it, you know, for people as it happens. Um, and where's that Patreon? Compiling that. <laughs> where's that Patreon? Well, I have two, I have two Patreons. <laughs> we have, well, we do. Joy and I have two. We have the light side and the dark side, right? So the light side covers the things that we're not talking about right now. <laughs> Just like the good things that have happened. <laughs> the boring stuff. <laughs> um, and that's, Patri- that's patreon.com forward slash land of enchantment tours. I'm sure Chad will throw a link in. Yes, in land of enchantment And then tours. the dark side, which covers, of course, the things we are talking about. My favorite about, one. Uh, very intimately. Mm-hmm. That's Chet's favorite one. Patreon.com forward slash emails from infinity. And I'm sure okay. he'll throw a link in there for yeah, that so one as well. Links. Okay, so, so anyway... Um, Continue. Continue. You're frozen. Well, so, you know, again, okay, traveling, traveling in, I'm frozen. Oh, you're good now. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Cause I thought you, know, you were that, frozen that, again. Actually, <laughs> reminds me the fun. when we did Jim McKenzie and he used that frozen moment, remember? And he jumped off screen and took off his shirt and then he jumped back on screen. And, oh, is, was that during and, a, uh, was that during a frozen moment that he did that? No, you're frozen. What yeah, now you're frozen. You're you're a fudge sickle now. <laughs> now you're frozen. <laughs> oh God. Now you're well, frozen. Well, hey, we can do the here. Let's go back to Chet. Let's go back to the Chet Zar show. Now no. we're back to just Chet Zar talk. Okay. Chet talk. So Jim, the Jim McKenzie thing where he took his shirt off was during a frozen moment on the yeah, video. Yeah, he totally took it. And I guess no one saw that, right? But he took advantage of a frozen moment. He froze, <laughs> and we were like, oh, he's frozen. And he, like, held it, and then he jumped off screen, took off his shirt, and then jumped back on screen, and it happened to unfreeze, like, right when he was there. Without his shirt on. <laughs> I, <laughs> it was hilarious. That didn't even, like, I don't know if I forgot about that or it didn't occur to me, but that's hilarious. I was, because all this time I was like, why did he take his shirt off? Like, just, I thought he was just kind of being weird. It didn't, maybe... I don't know. Maybe my memory's failing me, but I don't remember remember it uh, catching on to that. Maybe because I was like too worried about the technical technical stuff going on that I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah. What a great idea! Okay, now I know yeah. why you took a shirt off. I'm sure you were you you were stressed out about it because it, <laughs> it was all frozen and you were stressed. You were like, "Oh, you're frozen! You're frozen!" And then he was like, he was like <laughs> and then he like jumped off screen really fast, took off his shirt, and the jump back on was like, That's all hilarious. like Popeye style. I know. Let's see. We should have been yeah, videotaping right. back back then too, or recording or whatever you call it. Anyway, yeah. Then we could have. Then we could have got. Then we could have got Skinner peeing in the bottle. I know. That's what I was thinking. Skinner pissing in the bottle. Would, but he might not have done it if he was on video too. If he was on, you know, he was true. being recorded. But he might. He probably would have because it's not like he saw anything, except for him. Well, looking down. <laughs> Are you peeing in a jar? <laughs> He's like he was enjoying the conversation too much. Yeah, yeah, I can understand. I've almost had to do that myself. I just um, won't go that go, won't go that far. I'd rather I'll I'll be in pain before I do that. But I admire that about <laughs> about him. Anyway, so um, okay. I, well, I, what what before I froze? What I was talking about? If I'm not frozen, you're now, good now. You're good. You're great. Is is that it's it's very strange to have a lot of friends that live in a, a, a digital kind of media world that I'm friends with. Who have had an experience of all of this virtually and, and quite literally because they they are ground and they really are stuck now. Not only did they live in this, 
Okay, now you're now you're frozen. Well, you're frozen. No dot. No, no, no. I can't hear your audio. Or, okay, you're back. Right before you were gonna make that point too. The Hercules. Of course. Well, should I just make a chat talk again so that it's just my audio? Well, you you look pretty good now. You look pretty good now. If there's any way you could maybe like steady the camera, maybe that would help so it's not constantly jerking a little bit. Maybe and I have to hold it. You can't see so if I'm not holding it with this hand, I'm holding it with this hand. You can't. You don't have like a little <laughs> thing you could stand it up against or something. No, because I'm just sitting in my little chair. Okay. On the porch. All right. Okay. Now you're great. Video looks great. Now I'm great. Now your audio is great. Okay. okay. Well, I, I was I basically was saying that it's interesting to have a group of friends that exists in the social media realm who don't really get to have an experience of this pandemic first person because, of course, they live in a house and they're stuck there and they can't go out. Mm. But then to actually have had the opportunity to go out and have these experiences with different, not only in different states passing through, but also with specific people in specific places and to see the effect that that's had over people you yeah know? yeah the state's dealing with it the, the people are dealing with it you know yeah because we've definitely run into some situations that that have been very unpleasant as a result of these these changes in the world you yeah for for uh you, you're <laughs> you're frozen you're you're oh my god i gotta screen grab this i gotta screen grab this ah i missed it you had the funniest look on your face and it was frozen oh damn it okay i'm gonna i'm gonna have my screen capture ready before for the next one well you know all the patrons oh you're frozen again why why you want to try turning See, off the? Turn, okay, try turning it off. If I just if I just turn off my video, okay, it seems like it works just okay, fine. Okay, turn it off for a little bit, then you. And can then count. we're on. <laughs> it never ends. People just want to hear my voice, and they don't want to see me. Well, you can you tr just try keeping it off for a couple minutes, and then pop back on. All right. Well, I mean, how do you? get back to where i was <laughs> i don't even know what you were talking about oh you were saying you were seeing it um i know seeing it from um people that weren't able to see it because they were stuck in their homes you were kind of able to show it to them right well i felt i i hope that we were as you know i mean through the documentation that we had i mean we went you know one of the really intense experiences on the way to north carolina was we drove we drove through minneapolis minnesota just two days after George Floyd was murdered. Wow. And so, you know, that was one of the really intense experiences to actually see that up close and personal as someone who was happened to be moving through that area. That's just, crazy. Just that That's crazy you know? that you happened to be there during that. That's crazy. Yeah. And we had, you know, again, we, we didn't plan it. No one plans these things. You're just in that situation. What a trip. And we, were, we even we even thought to ourselves because I was following the news, and we even thought to ourselves maybe we should go around Minneapolis, Minnesota. Right. You know, like maybe we should find a different route. But when we looked at it, it just wasn't reasonable. And we both kind of felt like this is the route we already chose. We're already on it. If we go out of the way, we're talking you know 500 extra miles. What, we're supposed to witness this. We we better do this, you know. Right, so right. We did. Yeah. 
And it was, a, you know, it, it, to be witnesses to it. And actually, what was interesting is we didn't really document much of it. Um, mm-hmm. It was really a somber environment, and, and it felt just almost wrong, right. kind of, to to the melee. And it was hard to capture from the freeway. We weren't certainly weren't going to get off and go into the, the heart of the sea. You know, we weren't. This isn't like dark tourism. We just wanted to get on our way. Yeah. But we, I mean, you could see through the, the freeway blockades, buildings burning, totally gutted out. Wow. You know, you can see looting all on the sides of the freeways on the, you know, the big, huge, um, blockades that they put up to keep the sound in, you know, mm-hmm. huge spray painted slogans. And when I say huge, I'm talking like four semi lengths worth long uh, that were like slogans. And one of them said, we're the storm that put out the fire RIP George Floyd. Wow. And I'm telling you, it was like, it was like, as long as half of a football stadium written, I mean, it was, it was a huge, huge thing. There were, uh, electric billboards, reader boards, you know, that change. And there were like full images of George Floyd's face and RIP George Floyd. We stand behind you. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, it was wild to drive through that while that was happening and have that experience and to, really, you know, get a feel for the energy of that place. It was, you know, again, we didn't, we weren't stopping. We moved right through, but really uh, a sobering experience to move through there and see that kind of chaos and amidst all of the other craziness going on in the world. It's part of history. It's experiencing part of history, you know, in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. What a trip. Yeah. And so, you know, really, really interesting. And, And I think that, you know, ultimately if, if you aren't, if you don't have the opportunity to go out and experience it, to be able to have at least an eye on it that's an impartial eye is mm-hmm. kind of a, a, a nice experience, I would imagine, because I'm I have no agenda, right? I'm not. You're the to show you're kind of anything, the you're the, like the perfect person to have this happen to in a way because you're very you like you adapt to this. You're not judgmental against people you don't know or people that differ from you ideologically. You know, you're not like mm-hmm. you're different from most people in the way that like. You know, if you <clears throat> encounter someone who's diametrically opposed to you politically, you don't automatically go, oh, I'm not going to talk to no. him. You treat everybody, you know, the same until they fuck with you. And even with they, when they fuck with you, sometimes you just don't react. But point being is that you're very like an observer type of guy. You know, mm-hmm. you're just like kind of like this neutral observer. So it's kind of perfect that it was you. I'm telling you, man, you should write a like a... a you know, sit down and write a book about it. Maybe when, maybe when it's well, up, maybe in like a year when, when the, you know, when the COVID's all dealt with. That's, that's part of the interesting thing about this is that, you know, documenting the RV travels now for two years for people is that I'm writing a book as I go. And right. So yeah, the, that's the true. fun part for, I think for me is that I'm, I'm able to document it real time for people so they get the unabridged version. They actually get to read what's happening yeah. and see these videos and images as they're happening. You know, But then the, the idea for me is to then compile all of that in such a fashion as to have a, oh, yeah. a book, uh, to have all of these other you know, uh, peripheral forms of media and artwork to go along, but then it's edited. So then, you know, you're going to miss things if you weren't part of the Patreon. So I feel like that's kind of a built in fun added value. Yeah. If I was a patron, I would like that. Yeah. It's kind of the cultish experience. Yeah. Know? That's cool. That's cool. That is a cool idea. Hey, can you bring your video, try your video back? Yeah. You can talk for what? 
What do you mean? You really don't like being there by yourself, do you? I don't. Not really. I'm thinking. Uh, uh, now, I'm, uh, now, <laughs> now you're good. I just I'm thinking about people okay. watching. Okay. They they don't want to just sit me watching me going like this. Yeah, they do for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, the video looks great now. Whoa! What was that? Well, there's lots of birds out here. Can you hear it? Yeah. Yeah, crows. There's ravens. They they do this every night. They, I can see them right now. They're flying all around and. That's cool. Yeah. Doing their thing, roosting. Yeah, because we're out in the middle of nowhere, right? We're up in the mountains. So, right. You know, it's beautiful up here. Sounds like it. Oh. Okay. Anyway, my phone had to. My phone had to tell me low batteries. So. Uh oh. Yeah, we're just we're 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 shooting blanks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're at 40 minutes, so hopefully you can go at least another 30-ish minutes or something on the charge. I'm sure I can. Okay. So anyway, Minneapolis. Yeah. So anyway. You made it through. You experienced that. We did. Then what? And then I froze, right? No? No, you're good. I didn't freeze? No, you're cool. Okay, cool. Video looks great. That's why I asked. I didn't freeze on my end. I'm recording the video, so I'm thinking whatever I see is what's going to go on the. And it's not even the video freezing is the as much it's as the, the audio that really kind of screws it up. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. If I start sound like <laughs> just uh, no fun. Yeah, you just said one, you just, one dark point along the way. You obviously, just, you just started freezing right when you said that. So when I start to say, <laughs> see, I'm telling you. Well, you know, what you could always do is we could turn off the video and then you could just keep recording the episode. Yeah, well. And you just have ha- half the episode video for people. Eh, let's just keep going. Just I mean, you don't want to spoil the whole episode for everybody just because of the. Well, it's good now. See, if you're just, you could, you could have been talking this whole time about your amazing adventures. <laughs> keep talking. <laughs> keep talking. Keep talking while the, while the uh, video is good. Well. So, do you want me to talk about North Carolina and the experience at the farm? Uh, whatever you think is noteworthy. Whatever you well, what? the 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 experience <laughs> at the farm was shocking because we, so this was you we you had, went from your parents to this oh to the RV park right? No, we went to North Carolina. Okay, so you went your parents to the North Carolina, and then you had this experience that you're about to talk to. After that, you went to the RV park. After yeah. the RV park, you went to California again. Yeah. You so it was it. California, Washington, North Carolina, uh, wherever Tennessee, the, oh, Tennessee, yeah, and, and then, then Ca- back to California. Okay, okay. But in the in the process through a lot of states, obviously. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. at this point in time, we're at thirty-two states and twenty thousand miles in wow. two years. So That's crazy. Yeah, I think we went through like sixteen states or something during this last jaunt. Wow. You know. Okay, so, so, and, so and stayed in different places. I mean, when you're on the road for four days at a time, where do you stay? Well, right. you stay behind Cracker Barrel Park in Cracker Barrel parking lots behind Cracker Barrels. You boondock, <laughs> and right. boondocking is when you stay in your rig wherever you're staying, and you live off of what you have with you. Right. So there's a lot of that. So you know, you're 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 driving along for four days. You're not going to like go to an RV park. You're going to pull into a freeway off ramp at a you know a truck stop 
where all the other semis are hanging out and you're going to fall asleep to the rumbling sound of, of uh, semi engines, right. you know, wow. and sleep for your, your designated six to seven to eight hours, depending upon what state you're in, where you won't get hassled. I suppose Wake up, ma- make some coffee and right. have, have some granola. And <laughs> I guess, I guess the other people that experienced the, the pandemic in the same way you did would be, you know, truck drivers. People that are, yeah. that, are, that are driving yeah. stuff uh, around. And there was plenty of that to be seen. And there were a lot of trucks moving, especially in the, the eastern side of the United States, particularly. A mm. lot more than the western side of the states. A lot of commerce when it came to trucks. I mean, you'd right. get to like, uh, you know, a rest area. And literally, we'd go like four or five rest areas in a row to find one where there was one spot to pull wow. into to sleep. So sometimes you'd push for another, let's say you've been driving for 12 hours and you have to push for another three or four and you're getting up to the 14 to 16 hours and it's, it's hard to continue yeah. to, you know what I mean? Do it because you've got, you know, your dogs and your wife and your whole house and all the things and it's a 20,000 pound rig and it's 30 feet long and you know, yeah, it gets, right. it gets, gets tiresome for sure. And oh, even yeah. with someone like me and I like to drive, you know, right. But so then you're staying behind Cracker Barrels because they'll let you stay back there. That's one of our favorite places. Or you stay on BLM, Bureau of Land Management, you know, and there's a lot of places that are our tax dollars pay for them and anyone can stay there. So we, you know, on our way here, we stayed at uh, uh, South Joshua Tree and stayed just, you know, boondocked out there in the desert. So there's a lot of staying in different states, but oftentimes not interacting with anybody. You know what I mean? You right. go to a gas pump, you don't interact with anybody. You go back in your house, you drive down the road, you sleep yeah. in a parking lot, whatever. <laughs> um, which is fun and exciting and adventurous, but also tiring. And then at the end of like a four or five day, 2,600 mile journey, you're gross because you haven't bathed. Because it's like bathing on the road, you could do it, but it's a bit of a hassle. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? And you've got to deal with all the water you're carrying around and the sewage you're carrying around. So the more you make of it, the more it wants to slosh around and that can be smelly. So there are things to it that you, you know, end up limiting, which is like cleaning a lot. So you get done with four or five days and you're just like, you know, just a road rat. You're just dirty. (laughs) And it's like boating. I mean, I, we always relate the whole thing to boating. We call it the steamboat, but it's like, I call it road boating because it's very much like that. It's the same kind of experience where it's always, everything's moving. You're always in movement. Right. even living in it like the dog runs down the hall and the whole thing rocks back and forth you that's what that's it. that's yeah. what um mike watt made a solo album called contemplating the engine room where he related his life in the minutemen as a touring band to his dad who was in the navy on a on a boat mm. and how that how the minutemen were like um three guys on a boat which was their Ford Econoline traveling around the country and like the different ports and the different stops yeah. on the tour the band tour and the yeah. whole thing is like this big metaphor for his experience in the Minuteman but it's like on a boat in the navy yeah, yeah. which is really yeah. similar it's funny that's yeah, totally relatable and i and i i'm sure that people that do tour like that have that same sensation because you have to get like your land legs cuz you get out of your house and you've just been moving and yeah. then it's like it feels like everything's still moving you know right. around you like oh, you know? <laughs> and then everything in the house too because for a period of five or six months when we were in north carolina when we were in tennessee every week we had to pull out because in tennessee we had to go dump our tanks because we couldn't dump them on site and in tennessee we don't have a tow car anymore so we have to go get our groceries and things we need for oh, a whole that's week. right that's right you know 
So every week you, you're, you're docked, quote, you know, and that means you're hooked up to shore water. It's all the same terminology, boat terminology. Right, right. And, you know, you got shore power, but you got to unplug everything and then you got to go to town. But it's like you got to figure when you live in your house, everything's out on shelves yeah. to use. But then when you go to boat, it, road boating, everything's going to fall and break and smash. So you got it's like this hour and a half long, two hour long process you know, getting everything put away and getting it secure and yeah. pulling the slide in and getting off the, the lifts because you've, you've leveled. And then you got to drive your whole house into town for five, six hours with your dogs and your wife and yeah. everybody. And, you know, and especially during the pandemic, it was this whole process where I'd go into the store, you know, I'd, I'd, have, I'd be all protected. I'd get everything we need. I'd take the, the shopping cart right over here to the side of the rig. Joy would then take leave and go in the store. So I was with the dogs and then I would systematically sanitize every single item that I brought into mm. the house in the parking lot. So I'm oh. just, you know, <laughs> I would like bring everything out and sanitize it one by one, you know, wow. and then you, and then you depackage everything too. Cause I don't need all the packaging. My house is right there. So I just use their garbage cans and I take everything out of the boxes and take everything, <laughs> you know, and fill up my, my uh, Walmart bags with the garbage that I just got from all the packaging load everything in the house and then just dump all the garbage right there, you know, and so you're you're all set, you know, but that process of like, okay, you know, think about if you had to get everything you need for an entire week, you know, and then you're not going to go again. So you better get everything you need for a whole week. It's, it's an interesting, uh, a very radical, uh, way to live your life for sure. And we didn't have much of a choice and then you got to level. So then you get back and it's not over because then you got to get up on your leveling plate and get everything plugged back in and get everything back out. Wow, you know? yeah. So it's it's really an endeavor. It's like it. That's, well, that's what I meant about, that's, a, that's what I meant about demystifying living in an RV. It's like, you know, it's it's a process. It's not like you just, oh, I'm going to go drive the house, drive down the road for an hour. Oh, I'm going to park and sleep. No, it's not like that at all. No, no. Well, and here, here's a funny story that happened. So when we were in Tennessee, we had left the, the farm. We were at that farm for a period of a little over two months um, and, and we're working and living there. Work camping, for anyone who doesn't know, is where you, you trade your labor at the place you're at for your hookup. So they give you water and they give you internet and maybe laundry and garbage and you know power and all the things that you would need. And then you trade hours. So there we were working 20 hours and that was whatever they needed. So if that was bucking bales of hay or, you know, shoveling manure or gardening or whatever, you're just doing that. And, and so it's barter. You don't have the intermediary of money. It's just you do your thing. They give you the resource. And so we were <clears throat> doing that in North Carolina. And then we went to Tennessee and we were doing the same thing, but we're doing it in an RV park. So instead of it being a family farm, you know, it's an RV park. Well, while we were there, Joy had been needing glasses, and so we ordered glasses for her, and <clears throat> we had to go up and get her prescription done, right? So we drive, I don't know, like 30 miles north. We're just south of Nashville, Tennessee. We pull in. Now, there's nowhere to park for me to drop her off at America's Best. Like, you know, these parking lots are not made for a 30-foot-long rig. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, and I'm pretty good with it. So I pull in and manage to get around to drop her off at the front door, but then I'm like, well, I got to, you know, go park somewhere. So I go around the block and I go to an urgent care place next door. And there's not a lot of people in the parking lot and I'm kind of off to the side. So I go to park. Check this out. As I'm backing up to the dumpster, 
the power on the rig just goes out entirely. Just like nothing, like boom, engine's dead. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, and it's hot. It's like Tennessee, and it's like Oh, my God. And I got the dogs, you know, and Joy's in there, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know what am I going to do now? So what do you do? You start problem solving because I got to get the AC on for these guys. And if I, you know, I don't want to have to run the Jenny to do this whole thing. I just want to run the car engine and run the AC. Were you blocking anything or were you? No, no. I was in a real good spot. I'm off to the side. Oh, good. But it's dead. And I'm like, you know, and and we had a dog appointment at the vet like three hours later. (laughs) And all these things that had to happen, you know. So I start trying to figure out like what is going on with the system? Well, luckily in an RV, it has an emergency start. And what that that allows you to do is it takes the the battery charge to start the engine off of your house off your 12 volt batteries okay. instead of off your engine battery mm-hmm. so i'm like okay well I'll, I'll emergency start it i'll get it going get the ac it'll be all right push the emergency button try to start it and it's like and i'm like oh, oh my god you got to be kidding me i mean i've been plugged in so those should have a full charge on them you know i check the battery charge thing says they have a full charge i'm like oh my gosh so I get out, and the whole time it's getting hotter and hotter and hotter. I get all my tools out of the basement, which is what you call your undercarriage on your on your rig, and I go over to the 12 volt area. I pull all the 12 volt batteries out. I clean all the terminal heads. I you know do everything I can to try to make sure everything's clean. Get it back in there. Try to start it. It goes. I get the engine going, and I'm like, oh my god, okay, okay. But I'm afraid that if I let go of the the start button, that it's gonna die. So I like managed to get some duct tape over the start button to get because it's spring loaded to turn off so it's now it's like taped on and i'm like okay i'm good i'm good <laughs> so then i go out i pop the hood i go into the hood and lo and behold that you know on your battery terminal there's the part that goes on it it's circular and then uh-huh. you screw it down you know so it, it grabs the metal edge on it is sheared so there's no way like no matter how hard you screw down the nut it won't grab the terminal head. So that's what's gone wrong oh, is wow. that there's this part that's broken. And I'm like, dude, like, what am I – I don't have a tow car. And I'm like, my house is right here. All my stuff's in it, you know. So I figure a way out to get zip ties and feed them. Like I, I, I wove <laughs> them into the, the metal <laughs> circular thing. And I zip tied this thing on there. And I managed to get it to work and to turn <laughs> on. And I'm like, okay, okay, we're wow. good, right? So while this is all going on, I'm like worried that Joy's not going to know where I am because I had dropped her off. She didn't know where I parked. And we only have one phone. It's the burner. And I have it on. (laughs) So I call America's best and I'm like, hey, uh, could my wife, Joy Carell, she's in there. Could you let her know that I'm just around the corner at the urgent care place? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. So I'm waiting. Hours pass, dude. Hours. Like I'm serious. Like four hours pass. So I call back again and I'm like. You know, my wife's over there, and I, I'm not sure if she knew where I was parked. I'm getting a little worried about her. It's been like four hours, and they're like, oh, no, no, no. She's just finishing up now. <clears throat> and I, they were like, do you want her to call you from our phone when she gets done, and then you come get her? And I'm like, sure, that sounds great. Dude, two more hours pass. I'm seriously, I've been sitting there for six hours, and I'm just running the engine this whole entire time. Oh, my right God. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, wondering what's going on. Finally, Joy calls me, and she's like really stressed out. And I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, where are you? And I'm like, well, I'm right around the corner. Didn't they tell you? They didn't tell her. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I had told them. I had given the lady like the details, like my house I live in. It's an RV. I'm around the corner. Right. Know, like, 
She doesn't even tell Joy, dude. So she's up there thinking, like, what if I got in a wreck? What if I decided to take the dogs to the dog appointment? Oh, my God. Poor, you know, I felt so bad. So I drive up and pick her up, you know, and it was just like, what a fiasco. You know? <laughs> like, what a day, you know, <laughs> like, and, and of course, it all turned out fine. And eventually I had to, you know, I, I, I did go and buy a new terminal thing and had to dissect that and put the new one on. And it's like you mentioned before, it's kind of like Mad Max world where you're always working on it. There's always mm-hmm. something that you got to fix to keep it going or maintenance something so it doesn't break, right. or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, that was I mean, I guess it's kind of anecdotal, but it was it was just another day in the life, I suppose. <laughs> like, yeah, know? that's amazing. That's <laughs> That's crazy. It's crazy. And then, and then, for, so what's interesting, and and I won't go into too too much detail, but you, I know you appreciate this story, is that when we were in Tennessee, we, we ended up leaving after a nine day period where the the woman who ran the park that we were at had mandated that everybody start wearing masks and start doing like real secure COVID efforts. Now it was weird that this was happening all of a sudden because evidently they hadn't been doing this during, you know, the, the height of it, who knows why, but they weren't. Yeah. And so that, but now the, the, the director, I guess would be the best way to describe her had decided this stuff needs to happen. So joy and I are like, okay, no problem. You know, we'll do the things. I mean, we probably should have been doing it anyway. Well, let's do the thing. So we start doing it. And over a nine day period, we basically got bullied out of that job because the manager at the place was against it. Not only would she not do it, but she was mad at us for doing it where the director who's her boss has told us to do it. So it was really a wild experience where like we got progressively bullied to the point that we actually ended up. Why didn't she want to do it? Why didn't she? She, she, she was, uh, had a very fundamental belief structure. <laughs> and in her fundamental belief structure, she believed that it was not uh, anything to be worried about and uh, that, that no one should be concerned about it and was offended clearly that uh, that anyone would be a, would be worried about it wow. and, and didn't want a, to be a part of that. And so she made our lives progressively more difficult and slandered us progressively more to the director to the point that the director – Days after I had had a conversation with her where she had told me that she was super happy with us and that everything was good, lets us go. And so, and I've never been fired from a job my whole life, actually, ever. (laughs) So here I, you know, and I'm an independent contractor, obviously. I'm just, you know, doing this temp work. So it's, and I'm just trading my labor for being there. So it's not like I got fired, but still, it's so, what a weird time to be alive where you get fired from a job, even though your work performance is like stellar. Because the the dominant paradigm there of the people, not just the the manager, but everyone really that that worked there and and lived there also, was that that the whole thing is not real, that it's all a hoax, that it's all a, you know a conspiracy, and furthermore that they're so offended that someone would actually do something to protect themselves, even though the person who runs the show is telling them to do it. Um, that they would they would bully you out of of a place to live. So who fired? <laughs> did job. the person that runs the thing, the super the main person, fired you, mm. or the manager fired you? No, no, the director. Yeah, so the main person. She told you to follow these protocols. Yeah, you did that. The yeah. manager didn't like it, and she started yeah. giving you a hard time. Uh huh. And then the person who told you to do the protocols fired you. Yeah. What was the reason she gave? Uh, she said, it's just not working out. <laughs> because you were getting bullied. Yeah, so it's like your fault. Trip. 
Isn't wow. that fascinating? I mean, and obviously there's a lot more yeah, you yeah. Know, minutia to the story. And I, and I could go into all of that, but it's not salient. Oh, the yeah, point I, is, yeah, yeah. I know. You... Is it was really a weird, what a weird situation. You know what I mean? And like really kind of like, I really felt like we'd stepped into like a twilight zone. It was really weird because for those last nine days, it was like, what is this world we're living in where this is happening? You know what I mean? Like, and, and I've told you a lot of the details yeah, about yeah. it where it was like one thing after another where you're like, is this real? Is it <laughs> like, did I, did I like have a really long nap? And <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm in this a dream. This is what I, my mind is coming up with. It was just fascinating to observe. And really what was, I, I, now if you were to boil it down to its base essence, I think really what was happening is, is that the manager was being insubordinate. And the reason the manager was in, being insubordinate was because she didn't believe that these measures needed, needed to be made. And so I was exposing her insubordination to the director, which then threatened her. And so now she okay. was in a threatened position because I was pointing out to the director, so you know, you just made, you just said that what we have to do is do all of this and leave the office open but the manager you're not here director but the manager in your absence has closed the office and is is not going to allow anyone into the office and is refusing to follow the protocol and her decision is to close the office i'm like i'm not making a judgment call i'm just letting you know because you're not here that that's what's going on right, you know right. inevitably that made it back to the manager she was none too pleased about these you yes. know and it went on for days like that where it was like more and more craziness was happening at the park yeah and i'm feeling morally obligated you know like i'm i'm feeling obligated on a moral level that like as a good well, employee yeah, well not even you know? as a good human being because it's like yeah. you know this is dangerous too it's not yeah. like you're just thinking of the company you're no. thinking of no. people that are coming in and it's an RV park. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. Mean, like, there's a lot of people moving through there. Right, you know? right. Yeah, yeah. It was really a. It was. It was quite, quite something to have an experience up close and personal with. Sounds, right. Because, it sounds very unpleasant though, and like stressful. I imagine. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Well, and we left, and the thing was, was that. We, you know, we were, t we weren't like told like you need to leave today. We were like told by the end of the month, you need to be gone. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't want to stay to the end of the month with this. And it was getting worse. Like every day where they were like doing pranks on me, like they were like pranking me and stuff. Yeah, and I was like, so and I didn't want to tell the manager we were going to leave. Cause who knows what she was going to do. Oh yeah. And so we just boogied out of there. I mean, and I don't like to do that, but I'll tell you what, within like a three hour period, one morning we were out the door and I was like sending a text to. <laughs> the director as we were driving away like sorry for the short notice as in no notice but right. i don't feel safe leaving here giving the manager any notice whatsoever oh, yeah definitely you know we're we're in unsafe waters <laughs> wow know? yeah scary man what a trip yeah it was and then then of course the subsequent journey because we already were feeling like okay this scene is is devolving and we, we need to leave here well so we had already let set me up a situation where yeah. Well, let me say first is you went for, you were at the the California place. Right? Oh, you're frozen. God bless it. Okay, you're back. Now you're frozen. Can you hear me? Cuz I can't hear anything. Okay. <laughs> okay, hold on. I can hear you for sure. I can hear. Okay. Okay, I see you smoking now. Um just to let just to kind of recap. You were in California and this very cool situation, right? You were enjoying. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yes. I, affirmative. Okay. Okay. Um, and here, here, 
Okay, there. fine. All, All right. right, fine. Oh, now you're you're say something. You you can hear you can hear me now, right? You're kind of no, I'm not on video anymore. So. Yeah, now you're still kind of Hello. Okay, now you're good. Now you're good. So you were in California in a good situation and then you had to go Yes. Mo- go to your parents and kind of help them out, right? Yep. Exactly. Okay. And so you had to leave there to go there and then you went to North Carolina and that I know you didn't get into that, but that was kind of an- another not great situation that you're in. Yes. That, so yes. then, so so you left there because that situation sucked, right? Mm-hmm. So then you Pretty go. Much, yeah. So then you go to Tennessee, <laughs> but then that situation ends up sucking, and you take off from yep. there. Okay, just so people know the, yeah. the the timeline. Okay, so 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 after that, since we've gone fully non-linear in my storytelling, as I often do. Yeah, well, it's it's all good. Yeah, it's a real conversation. Yeah. So real no, talk. yeah, we left. We you're right. We left North Carolina because it was an unsavory situation. We then left Tennessee because it was an unsavory situation. Both of those places we left on the fly, which is not something that is normal for us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that's not fun. Um, I like to leave on good. I can come back. For right. instance, where we're at now. <laughs> yeah. Because they were like, we told them, hey, um, we're leaving here and we need to be somewhere. Can we be there in three days? And they were like, yeah, sure, come on out. And we were like, oh, yeah, oh, our saviors. God. So then and this is the place. And this is the place that you really liked, or like that you're at now. Yeah, we, yeah, we love it here. It's a yeah. great place. Okay, so anyway, Absolutely. so anyway, you yeah. leave Tennessee. Now what? They, they we say, left Tennessee, yeah. and then we and then we did one of our crazy our our crazy uh, you know road extravaganzas and and drove another twenty four twenty five hundred miles um, all the way across the United States again and stayed behind a lot of cracker barrels and, uh-huh. uh, stayed at Joshua tree BLM. But actually on the way back, we did some interesting driving because, you know, previously, every time I went to visit you to work, mm-hmm. I would always drive I 40, right. All the way, I 40, all the way down to Barstow and then hook left. And I was like, you know, I'm sick of this. Like, let's not do that. As soon as we cross into California, let's, let's jaunt off and go on a side highway. So we went on a, the first exit as you enter California from Arizona. We took it, and it goes right along the edge of Joshua Tree National Forest. And we drove all through the high plateau, all the way across and down to the South Joshua Tree entrance. So it was really cool because it was out in the middle of nowhere, and it was mm-hmm. like just a two-lane highway and, and really uh, just something different because I've driven that other thing so much. I'm like, eh. And then the next day, we drove through Palm Springs and drove all the way up over the top of Palm Springs and down into down into the Inland Empire. And that was a huge, huge elevation gain on a very, very windy road. And I thought it was great, and Joy hated it oh. <laughs> because it was it was re- it really was it was intense. It was like I, I don't think most people would have thought that that was fun at right. all. But yeah. I'm weird, so I didn't think it was fun. But um, yeah, it was really windy and super steep, where you drive all the way up, you know, the top over Azusa Pass. And uh, and I like that kind of stuff. I'm game for that. So oh, yeah. and then we came back here, yeah, to to the ranch. So it's uh, we're back on a horse ranch where there's 17 horses and five goats and four sheep and five dogs and two cats. And, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, that's we're, so you're living the life now. I guess. Yeah, yeah. So you're um, comfortable and kind of in a. Oh, there you go. Hey, you're back. All right. Um, and you're you're enjoying your where you're at now and you're not in any rush to move on again or anything. You're kind of settled down for now. 
Yeah, this is this is a good winter spot. You know, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be here when it's 120 oh, that's, degrees out. <laughs> that's that's right. You were telling me in the beginning you were kind of chasing the weather, or you were gonna you were gonna travel based on what season it was, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's our idea is to have a circuit where we can, you know, have places to be during different seasons where we can continue to be comfortable and, and happy, you know. Right. So this is this is a great place to be to be for winter and really enjoyable. And plus there's great hiking right out the back door and I know some nice of the pictures yard. you post on your Patreon are, are pretty amazing. It looks beautiful. Well, thank you. Yeah, I have a good time out there doing the hiking. And then I've been making all these really cool wards out of oak galls that I'm finding, which has been really fun because I haven't worked with oak galls since I lived in Washington, which is before I even knew you. What's an oak gall? Years ago. So oaks oaks have uh, a wasp that will land on them on a, a budding leaf and they will inject their larva into it. And as that larva grows, it creates a wooden apple looking thing that grows on an oak tree are you serious yeah yeah that's so weird wasps grow in there with this protective shell and then all of the stuff that grows in there is in is in by this enzyme they're able to eat so as they're they're they eat their way out basically of this this gall that grows on the oaks and then what they leave behind is this hard little wooden shell and they're pithy inside. And so years ago, I had found some in Washington, and I had figured out how I could hollow them and then coat the inside with beeswax. And you can make containers out of them that you can cork, or you can make rattles out of them, uh, cool. or you can do all kinds of really cool stuff. And then when you're done, if you polish them, they're like all the colors from this wooden casing really come out. Wow. They're beautiful. They're just really and, – and, and they've been used in for magical purposes for thousands and thousands of years, which I found after I'd already been using them. So oh, cool. Joy was like, oh, I wonder about oak galls because they make ink out of oak galls. And they've been making ink out of oak galls for 1,500 years. Actually, the Declaration of Independence is written out of oak gall ink. Um, wow. And oak – Oak galls make this ink, and so she was like, well, I wonder if they – I'm sure they had magical purposes aside from me making words out of them. I'm sure I'm not the first person you know, to think of that. And it turns out that, yeah, they've been using them as charms where you would literally make a container that then you could put precious herbs and, and things into um, in order to ward off evil spirits or to you know instigate protection or whatever – but they were also used to determine if you were going to have a baby that would was, was um, like if you were afraid that you had a baby that was haunted by a a, a dead relative back in the day because uh-huh. this happened and people were like our child you know this has this dead relative that's haunting them. What you would do is you would take oak, five oak galls and put it in a bowl of water under the cradle, and if they floated, I believe it's either if they floated or they sank, it was a good or a bad omen. I can't remember which wow. one, but so they've been used, you know, again, traditionally, certainly in paganism and druidry and all kinds of stuff for a long time. So it was fun to discover that. That's but cool. I've been making these words out of them and, and having a really good time and really enjoying that that earthy connection. And as usual, only using beeswax and tree sap and, you know, found uh, minerals and herbs and things from, from my travels, of course. That's so cool. Um, and then so you're selling them on Patreon or on uh, your big cartel? or Yeah, so what I do is, is I first look them to patrons first if they're at that tier, and then they get a discount. And then if they don't pick them up, I'll, I'll show them to people publicly and give them a pre-store discount, which isn't as good as Patreon, but it saves me money because then I don't have to list them on the store and pay a fee oh, to the right. store. So. Right. And then if I don't sell them there, then they all go up on the store. So 
and Joy's been doing bunches of sun catchers. So we've been, it's been nice. It's, it's a really, um, pleasant place to do work. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What a cool idea. Um, so, so, you know, this, this has been such a huge change for you over the last couple of years. How, how have you, do you feel like, how has it changed you as a person? You know, like, it seems like, I don't know. It seems like a, 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 a situation like that where you're under the gun or even just a really different situation, unusual situation is going to bring, maybe has, has the potential to bring something out in you that you didn't know you had or, or ha- make you reevaluate your life prior to that, just kind of getting out of the rat race. I'm just curious how, I don't know, at this stage, I think I might, might have even asked you this a year ago when we talked, yeah, you know how it, how it, how it, uh, yeah, it's how you, I don't, I don't, I don't know, it's, it's, it or, it's, or maybe, I, maybe I just asked you and privately too, but it's like, do you notice like a, a change in, in, in you from this experience? I imagine, oh it's yeah, gotta be, yeah, huge changes, huge changes. I mean, I've slowed down so much, you know, and that's. And right then, your audio slow, slowed down. Deal. So that was kind of perfect. You're totally frozen. You're like, I slowed down. <laughs> your audio started slowing down when you were saying that. Okay, you're back. What were you saying? <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, really, I think that the two main things is, it, you know, taking out the intermediary that's money which is what would buy me a place to be and the things I need, the resources I need, removing that and just having it be an even energy exchange has changed me profoundly. I think in the the way that I approach life and the way that I feel about value um, uh, of what I do, you know, to not feel like I'm working for this nebulous thing that then I have to exchange with somebody else for this thing that they have, you know, to be able to just do the thing with my energy to get the thing that I need is, is, it's a tantamount thing it, it, and it has changed the way that I, that I interface with everything. Huh. But I think again, as I mentioned before, I've slowed down a lot. I mean, the tempo of my life and the pace of my life as a result of not having to meet some exorbitant overhead has allowed me the opportunity to, you know, not rush around and race around as much. Has it know? been, how has that been though? Cause you're, you used to, you know, as long as I've known you, we've known each other for how long now? 2012 or nine years okay so nine years no almost 10 years now i guess okay so so 10 years i mean you've always been like kind of kind of hyper kind of like yeah just active and just always on the go and and energetic Mm -hmm. and energetic and just like you know and and definitely even when we first talked because before the the we recorded this we were talking um because we hadn't talked in forever and I was saying, you seem kind of down and you're mm-hmm. like, no, I'm just slower. And it's like, you're just, you're a lot more calm. You're a lot more mm-hmm. calm than you used to be. And, um, I, it's weird to see, see you like that. Cause I've never seen you calm before. Not like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way, but, but, um, that's why I was like, is there something wrong? Cause, cause you, cause it, cause it really is. It's more like a calm energy. It's like, you're just more chill and less, ex- yeah. less excitable and less like, yeah. you know, bouncing around and all over the place. So, yeah. um, I don't know. Is that it like, is a, 
it's uncomfortable. I will say that. Like, yeah, I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say. Is is was that like an easy thing, or is it like a nat thing that naturally occurred, or is it? I mean, that's a big change for you. It's huge. It has naturally occurred, but I've also taken a taken a concerted effort to focus on augmenting that process in Mm. myself for sure. Mm. Um, because I recognize what I was doing to myself wasn't healthy, you know, and, and maybe, and, and even part of that realization is recognizing I was doing it to myself, you know? Right. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's part of it has been a focused effort for sure, but part of it has just been the natural evolution of this experience. Right. Um, you know, again, when you don't have to meet these levels, then, you know, you find yourself in another space and it has been uncomfortable. And I do feel you know, there are times where I'm like, I feel like I should be doing something. What should I be doing? And I realize, oh, you're doing it right now. Nothing. Right. That's what you should be doing. <laughs> Nothing. You know, and then allowing yourself to sink into that and go deeper as opposed to, you know, push away from it. Mm-hmm. And there is a point there. And I have resisted it at times. And at other times, and more more so lately, I think, than ever, allowed myself to go into it. But, you know, we spent this past year in in situations that required me to be a bit hyper vigilant, mm-hmm. And so it kind of brought that storm out again, where it was like I was slowing down and slowing down. And then all this happened and we were tra- traveling across the country. And I was dealing with stressful people in stressful environments, sometimes very unsafe, dangerous environments. Mm-hmm. And so then that gives me that, oh, yeah, I got to go, 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 right. go, go. And then you start feeling that addiction that you have to that you know and you're right. like, oh man i'm getting off on these chemicals that's yeah, not the good. adrenaline like, the adrenaline know. rush yeah and so so you know again here it's it, this kind of decompression of like okay no this is where i want to be this is the space i need to occupy this is what makes sense you right. know having the time in the day to spend you know an hour and a half watching some birds fly around and roost in the trees i mean you know that seems like a little thing, but it's a big thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a big thing, you know. And and it also to be present for that, not like the whole time you're watching the birds. You're thinking, thinking about, about something else, some your next project you're trying to finish yeah. or whatever. Yeah, you know. And so that's – and again, it is weird for me because I am a very driven person. Um, mm-hmm. And it has been – there have been definitely – uh, moments of, of extreme discomfort, um, but also moments of just pure sublime connection. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, like just feeling really dialed in. And, and I, I mentioned it to you earlier and it's hard for me to talk about is the sense of freedom. And like, I don't know how to really put it into words, which makes me feel also uncomfortable because I'm a writer and I want to be able to make words out of, you know, <laughs> thoughts. Right. Um, but there's just this sense that comes with that of freedom where it's like, so if I'm not racing around to do all the things that require me to do all the things, then I don't have to race around. And it, and it's weird. It's like Oros Boros. It's kind of eating its tail. And you're like, huh, I was doing that, wasn't I? You know, right. I don't know. Weird points of reflection and, and remove and kind of like, you know, what's left when you peel away all the layers is is what you really are. And what we all really are is is everything and also nothing, you know. And so right. there's a, there's a weird existential kind of uh, point there that y- you know you find yourself either assimilating into or recoiling from. Right. Um, and I find myself assimilating more and more into it, which also kind of puts me at odds with uh, you know uh, my social group because most of the people I've spent time engaging with for years and years are also people that are similarly driven, you know, and high intensity and, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it, it, it's, 
for like you had mentioned, it's weird seeing you in this calm space. Maybe made me think something was wrong with you. Right. You know, so then that's different because I'm interfacing with people as I naturally am. But then they're like, well, there's a schism between the, the you I knew. And right. The, you, you know, I meet I'm meeting now again. I don't know. It's a weird thing. I'm happy about it. Yeah, it's it, fe- it feels. Um, yeah, it feels uh, to me. It seems. It just feels more healthy and calm you know yeah. it's it just it's it feels like um you know feels right to me um well good yeah yeah seeing you that way i mean i i i can i can relate a lot to that really because i'm you know i keep i'm getting getting to this point where i'm like starting to see how old i am and it's you know you get to a certain point and you can see the end you know yeah. it's like it's only going to be at the very most, maybe if I was lucky, I'd have this much time. It's probably going to be somewhere around this. And it's, that's, you know, I look back on the last 20 years and it's like, that didn't, that wasn't like, for me, it didn't, doesn't feel like it was that, it, it took that long. So that's kind of yeah. weird. So you start thinking, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't want to keep, I can't, I can't keep going like this at this fast clip. I just can't yeah. physically. And I don't want to either. Because it's not yeah. fun anymore. So, um, you know, I, I personally, I'm trying to, you know, I'm still in, a, in that position where I'm trying to get all this stuff out of my life, finished, done, finished the book, commissions, this and that, to where I can kind of get to a place where, you know, I can take things um, slower. I can take, you know, plan things a little bit better and just not be so grabby about i gotta take everything that comes in and and yeah you know yeah so yeah um, for sure well and, and i think also through this process for me and probably i imagine for everybody in the process of life is that you start to discover that there are things that you enjoy doing with your time that you never really realize right. so like for instance i started to discover i really like to do physical labor like it's not that i never really knew that i did but I never thought to myself like that was actually something that I would be willing to trade my energy for the things that give me what I need to live. Right. You know, I, I never, you know, when I was a young person, if you would have told like a teenager version of me or like a college version of me that I was going to be like trading my labor on a horse ranch to have a place <laughs> to dock my. Okay. At this point, Mike's phone died and the call dropped and he had to charge his phone for 15 or 20 minutes or so so um yeah this episode is fraught with many problems as you can tell sorry about that i was just trying to do something nice and and make a special episode with video and it just kind of screwed everything up but anyway here we go back into it okay i'm recording okay you know what so i checked the the video and the and as uh-huh. the time goes on, the audio is completely out of sync. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So that's gonna suck, but oh well, it's a learning process. Well, it's your first. It, yeah, it's your first test run. So I'm gonna have to try and figure out how to do it through OBS or something. OBS software. I don't know. Maybe I won't keep doing this. I would like to, but um, anyway. Well, that just brought things to a screeching halt. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember no, what you were talking so. about? Actually, oh, you were talking about slowing down. 
Yeah. Well, you were asking what basically the things that I've, I feel like have about me. And, and what I was talking about then was the things that I enjoyed doing that I didn't realize I was enjoy I would enjoy doing. And I was talking about physical for me. Right, you know? right. And, and I was mentioning that, you know, if it was older me talking to a young me, if you're in college and you're like, oh, someday you're going to want to do this, you know, trade your labor for, for you know, your necessity to laugh. I was like, yeah, right, you know. But it's not that. Oh, you're frozen. And, Wait, you know what I, you're totally breaking up. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. Okay, make your video go. Make make your video go away and see. Okay. I hope this isn't any indication about how 2021 is gonna go. <laughs> well, how does it sound now? Can you hear me? Yeah. Am I here? Sounds good. Sounds good. My voice is here. Okay. Well, I would say the other two things that have probably changed about me pretty dramatically um, is being exposed to this many different cultures and places and people and. Um, you know, different environments. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. It's, it, I've become even, you know, you mentioned earlier that I'm a very non judgmental person. I'm willing to kind of accept people at face value mm-hmm. and even accept when we, when we disagree on things and still maybe be able to share company with them and, and not think ill of them or whatever. Right. <laughs> I would say that that, that has been even more acutely uh, my sensibility people and, and the more people you deal with you know the more you realize that thing is that this person is this or this person is that labels and archetypes really any individual because individuals are just that they're individuals and so you know their perceptions and their thoughts and their beliefs are so varied and so idiosyncratic to them as 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 signature beings that you know any of the generalizations that we utilize really fall flat on their face in the face of individuality. You yeah. know? And so that's been really reaffirmed for me, um, even more so. And I find myself even more accepting and, you know, mm-hmm. than I was before as a result of that, because I, I've, it, it's a fundamental realization, not a, an intellectual one. You know, it's, it's a, a change in, in the structure of, of how I perceive things and people and places as a result of the experiences I've had. So, mm-hmm. I would say that that's that's been very profound. And then on a more kind of anecdotal level, I would say that, you know, the consumption of resources has been an interesting thing to discover because I live yeah, in you remember RV. yeah, you, you you mentioned that last time. Yeah, and I just it's it's such a different thing when you realize like you could you could live and I mean, you know, I turn my hot water heater on when I'm going to use it. The rest of the time, my hot water heater is not on. Now, mm-hmm. in a house, they're not made for that to be reasonable. You're not going to go and turn off your hot water heater and then turn it on each time. But they could be made that way. And it would be so much more efficient and so much less wasteful. You know right. what I mean? Just generally speaking, the, the you know, the intake and the output, uh, you know, you, you become more intimate with that. And so right. I guess... I know I mentioned it before probably and, and it continues to be something that, that has changed the way that I look at things because we could do with so much less, mm-hmm. you know, as creatures. Our, our, we don't need as much as we use and we waste a lot of what we think we need. <laughs> yeah. Know? So it's it's an interesting, you know, interesting point to come to. Yeah, yeah. Wow. wow. Well, Wowie zowie. Well, you know, I appreciate you bringing me back on. It's been fun getting to tell you a little bit about it. Um, and for anybody who's listening who is interested in knowing more about it. Go back to the video. Go back yeah. to the video for the end. 
you know, you can. No, you, you can go back. Put your video back on. Video. <laughs> Watch me freeze. Um, you should definitely follow the Patreons if you want to get a, a more in-depth view. That Chet's favorite, the Dark Side Patreon.com forward slash emails from Infinity. Um, there's actually quite a thorough expose of what I call the farm on there. So if you want to know more about our experiences in North Carolina, yeah, um, that was you can crazy. read all about it and watch all about it. Um, and same thing with the light side. You know, there's a lot of really cool experiences we have. And I would say that ultimately the the lengthier travel logs end up being on the lighter side because overall we have had, I would say, on a whole more, you know, enjoyable experiences. But uh, this past year is trying to prove me wrong, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's, it's, it's been an interesting year. Yeah, you're breaking up there again. Oh, my God. I uh, what 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 do you what do you how are you feeling about how are you feeling about this new year? How are you feeling? Do you have any feelings about it? You're a pretty intuitive guy. Uh, I I I can't say I have anything definitive. You know, I haven't received any kind of uh, messages one way or yeah, the other. Yeah, me either. I don't feel I honestly I don't feel my outlook before the pandemic last year was a pretty dismal one already. I was oh, already really? like, uh, you know. And so I don't have a lot of really positive thoughts about how things are, are going in general uh, in our country. And so I don't, I, I'm not holding my breath, per se, insofar as, as positive developments. But I haven't had any direct negative intuitions or, or any feelings of like, it's going to be terrible or, or, or good or anything. I, I haven't gotten any real signals. Yeah, I... I, I feel kind of that way too like i haven't i i don't know i i it's sort of like i guess all of last year was so weird that it made me realize that um everything is always that weird and you just don't realize it because things are kind of working yeah. out but everything's always precarious yeah. And always on the edge, and anything could happen at any moment. And you could die at any moment. You could get hit by a car, have a heart attack, yeah. some weird undiagnosed thing. Everything is, every you know moment is a gift, really. And uh, <clears throat> you know, not to take anything for granted for one thing, but I don't know, just to kind of take things as they come, and and you know, ride the wave and surf it. And, uh, you know, not judge it so much like, oh, this is terrible. This year's terrible. It's like, you know what? The year is the year. It's going to be what it's going to be. And really what the main thing, the most important thing is how you, how you deal with it, you know? And if you let it just yep, take you absolutely. down, take you down and, and hate everybody and hate everything, then it's like, then you know, that's not good. You know? Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. So, I think that, that there are better things that could have come of it for a lot of people, but there are good things that came of it for those other people. You know, yeah. I definitely agree with you. I, I, I feel like that's, you know, that's part, that's such a, an interwoven part of this lifestyle of just taking things as they come. Um, that and it's overt it's not inert it's not something that you just you think about oh i'm gonna take things as they come but like all of a sudden there's some big problem and you're right there and your whole house is with you and so is your whole family 
family. So right. you better buckle up and be ready to just take it as it comes, you know? And so I guess I, I if anything, I maybe take that for granted is that that's a, a strong, you know, development too. But I've always lived in that space a little bit, you know, right. and, and felt, felt comfortable with the ever changing, you know, times. Cause we just, we've ascribed these values and say, Oh, the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021 and, you know, go back 3000 years and, you know, the, the dates were different because there were only 10 months and there were 36 days in each month and one day off for worship. So, you know, it just depends on, on how you look at it and how we organize the passage of time. So we have this real strong idea that like, oh, well, 2020 is over and 2021 began. But it's like, well, let's be honest, you know, it's just the ever present moment that is now. Right. It's always fleeting and ever approaching. And here we are with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, um, hold on. I, I have a good point. I have a good point. I have to go, go back in the memory banks. Uh, um, fuck. (laughs) Oh, I had a good point. Oh, and and now it's gone. I had to do it. It had to happen. Um, God, it was really profound. I thought, uh, let me see. It, it, it was, uh, uh, okay, don't say anything. I'm going to remember it. Uh, it was kind of along the lines of, okay, what was I saying? Surfing, taking things as they come, what you do with it. I guess I got to give up. It was a good one, though. It was the answer. <laughs> To 2021, it was the answer to, to it was my advice for the year, and it's gone. But oh, I, I think you oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh, I, I remembered what? Okay, I remember, I remember. It was okay. Think of the worst times in your life, and how you got through them, and how you ended up getting these huge benefits years down the line that couldn't have happened if you didn't go through that terrible time. Um. There's a, a million things I can think of that were like, oh, this is the, this sucks so bad, and it got me. I ended up in a much greater place because of that. And at the time, it just seems like everything sucks or this is terrible. And then you end up, you know, it's just like you're once you, once you are happy where you're at, then all the all the uh, bad stuff that happened to you kind of is okay because it helped to get you where well, you're sure. at. Well, so it, it tempers it tempers your experience though too because like if you didn't have shitty times you wouldn't be able to appreciate when you had really good times it's all the old that's true that's this is this is true but it's all but but i guess the point i'm making is that um you know uh, appreciate your moment now and and deal with it the best you can and um and 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 then your your 2021 is going to be you can look back at it and go yeah it was it was really difficult but now i'm here and i'm feeling good about where i'm at right now and so without that experience i wouldn't be where i'm at right now and Indeed. Um, you know it's just a it's, well, just, it's one of the things joy always said to me when i when i first met joy one of the things she said to me she was like well i've had a lot of shitty things happen in my life she's like but I like who I am today. And right. if all those things happened to me and made me who I am today, then, you know, I I I, uh, I must be okay with the things that happened to me because I like who I am. Right, <laughs> you know? right, yeah. And if you don't like who you are, then, you know, find a way to like who you are. Yeah. <laughs> right? right. Mean, or change who you are into the person that you like better. <laughs> right, right. But she, you know, I always thought that was, that's kind of 
the same jingle, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, yeah, all these things happened and that was rough, but I like who I am. So therefore, it's all good. Yeah. So you, you can look back at the people who screwed you as people that were helping you, you know, and, and even if they yeah, weren't well, conscious you of know, it. I mean, I, that, that's like the, the, you know, when you, if you get into the Carlos Castaneda thing, he always talks about the petty tyrants. That was his right. Uh, people uh, you're, you're cutting out that they're, they're galvanizing you you know you're breaking up we should oh, just well, we should just yeah, we should just end. we should just this, end this, this. Is, this is the end my only friend <laughs> <laughs> well we i i tried to come out of, into 2021 with a bang and we started with a, a whimper but most of the conversation was great. It was really great talking to you. We had a few glitches here and there, but hopefully that'll just add character to the episode. Well, it's appropriate. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. When have we ever had a conversation that didn't have some kind of a glitch? Yeah. <laughs> that was great. I don't know if it'll come across the co- recording, but you were like, when did we ever talk where we didn't have some kind of glitch? It glitched on glitch. It was perfect. I mean that's kind of that's well, that's one of those things it's like kind of perfect not um, yeah, you gotta love that. ideal but but um it's actually great when that happens anyway well again thank you for having me back and letting me jabber about all the things yeah it was fun thanks for coming yeah. on taking the time yeah uh, super fun and hopefully i know people have been wanting to hear from you and been missing you in the in the group and stuff so i thought it'd be cool to you know check in with you and Try something new with the video. Well, that's nice. <laughs> I, I I I often think fondly upon the days of co-hosting the podcast. Yeah, the good old days. It was a good time, yeah. but it's great to see what the what the groups become too, and that's fun for me to observe. Is like to be you know be able to step back and not be integral you know integral to its organization or its functioning, and just to observe it exist organic. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's beautiful and it's developing nicely and it's a great community. So. Yeah, it's cool that it's you know it's not like it's like everyone's kind of running it. It's really cool. Everyone's just kind of participating and and it's just yeah. growing, kind of like we had originally envisioned. So that's good. All right. Anyway, I'm gonna let you go. It's like well, you, you're so dark. It's so dark where you're at right now. It's like we went from you know the sun went down. <laughs> All right. Well, follow the links that Chet's going to throw in the description so you can check out my Patreons. And if you want to go to my big cartel, it's uh, energycreations.bigcartel.com. And we sell art there and talk more about what we're doing. And yeah. Cool. Yes, do that. All right. Well, thanks again, Mike. And um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed this. Uh, hope you, I can't, I don't know how this video audio thing is going to turn out, but it was fun. It'll be hilarious one way or another. That's true. That's all we can ask. All right. Yep. Say goodbye to the audience. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Goodbye. For listening. Goodbye. Thank you. <laughs>